I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 33. Now, uh, and I, I think it's February 23rd, don't hold me to that, February 23rd, we'll be doing a uh, question and answer on Wednesday night, and we're just going to see how that goes, and if it goes uh, decent, then we may, we may do some more. Um, but I want to answer a question tonight, if I could. And uh, a number of weeks ago, someone came to me and said, what do you think about this question? Will, you, will we see the face of God? Will we see the face of God? And uh, I never really had given that a lot of thought as far as Scripture, what Scripture says about that. And so I want to answer, I want to see if I can answer that question tonight for you. And I, I believe if, if nothing else, I believe it's just, I believe it's going to be interesting. I believe it's going to be uh, an encouragement to you tonight. And so I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter number 33, Exodus chapter number 33. And uh, of course it's on the screen and you're probably already there. So if you've already made your way over to Exodus 33, if you're able to stand, let's all stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's word. And we're getting ready to read uh, an amazing, amazing story in scripture tonight. Exodus 33. Now, before we get to verse 18, I want you to look at verse number 10. Exodus 33, and let's read verses 10 and 11. The Bible says, and, the, and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. Look at verse 11. The Bible says, and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Now skip down to verse number 18, and we'll read through the remainder of the chapter. Verse 18, and he said, I beseech thee, and this is Moses speaking, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, that's God, I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face for thou shalt, there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff, or a crevice, or a, a, a hole. And I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And so you may be seated tonight, and we're going to study this out a little bit this evening. I want to talk to you about uh, will we see the face of God? And so uh, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, thank you for the opportunity to come together as a church family and fellowship and sing and pray and uh, Lord, we, we just appreciate all that you've done thus far in the service. And now, Lord, as we take a little time, this midweek service, as we take a little time and gather around your, your incredible word, Father, I pray that you'd give us something that 
would encourage us, something that would help us to grow, something that would establish us in our Christian walk. Father, most of all, I pray that you would do things that would bring honor and glory to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the service is about. Lord, we'd love to see somebody get saved tonight. Uh, and so, Lord, I pray if there may be one here in our midst that's lost, I pray they'll get saved. Lord, it could be someone that's been coming for a long time, and yet they don't know Christ as Savior. I pray they'll be saved tonight. If there could be someone watching by way of the live stream, and they don't know Christ as Savior. And, Lord, I pray tonight would be the night that you would draw them to yourself, and I pray that, that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you'd encourage. I pray that... Lord, you just do what needs to be done tonight. And I pray again, most of all, that your precious son would be glorified. And uh, Lord, that we'd be edified tonight. Help us, Lord, we pray. We love you and we praise you. We ask you for your power and your direction. And we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all the Lord's people said, amen. We talked about the potentate of heaven this last Sunday night. I enjoyed that. It was a short little Bible study, but boy, I enjoyed uh, Sunday night. And so the question is this, will we see the potentate of heaven? Will we actually see God? And then here's another question that I wanna propose tonight. If we, if we do see God, what's it gonna look like? You ever thought about that? What is, what is God going to look like? I thought about this. John the Apostle describes the glorified Christ in Revelation chapter one. And boy, if you've never read that, go read Revelation chapter one. And what, uh, what, a, what a recording of, of what the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorified Christ is going to look like. But what will God look like? We know that Peter, James, and John saw the transfigured Christ in Matthew chapter 17 as just for a, a moment he dropped that robe of flesh. But what will God look like? We understand that Joshua saw the angel of the Lord over in the book of Joshua. But, but what will God look like? And then we thought about uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw the likeness of the Son of God in that fiery furnace. But what will God look like? Some believe... And here again, this is something that we can agree to disagree on and, um, and, uh, and, and, and love each other. And so this is not a cardinal doctrine of, of the word of God. It's just something that's mighty interesting to study and something I think is going to be a, a help to you tonight. There's some that believe that we will see Christ in heaven, but that at the same time, we will never see God the Father and we'll never see God the Holy Spirit. And so someone says, preacher, will we see the face of God? Well, again, this is what I believe the Bible teaches us tonight, but, but I believe the Bible's clear on this. I believe that we will see God in his glory when we get to heaven. In Revelation chapter 22, verse number three, the Bible says, and there shall be no more curse. In fact, why don't we turn over there quickly tonight? Revelation chapter 22 in your Bibles, uh, very last chapter of your Bible, Revelation chapter 22. So that's definitely not a, a, not a hard one to find tonight. Very last chapter, Revelation chapter 22, and notice verse number three. And I've got so many scriptures tonight, and, and I started to almost try to maybe produce a handout or something tonight because I have so many, and we won't be able to turn to all of these tonight, but we'll turn to a few. Revelation 22, verse number three, the Bible says, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. 
and his servants shall serve him. Verse number four, the Bible says, and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Now, somebody says, well, preacher, what I believe that's talking about in Revelation chapter 22, I believe that's talking about the Lord Jesus. I believe that, uh, that we're going to see the face of the Lord Jesus. And so I, I say amen to that. But then we go to Matthew chapter five and verse number eight. And the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, the Bible says. Psalm 17, verse number 15, the psalmist said this, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And then I thought about 1 John chapter five and verse number seven. And by the way, there are a lot, a lot, of, a lot of scholars try to sort of uh, rebunk or, or refute this verse, 1 John 5, 7, and say that it has no place in scripture, but I just wanna say, leave my Bible alone, amen? First uh, John chapter five, verse number seven, the Bible says, for there are three that bear record in heaven. There are three that bear record in heaven. And that word record is the word martieo, and it means to be a witness. There are three that bear witness in heaven. Uh, it means to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something. And so uh, there are three that are going to be able to be experienced in heaven. And the Bible says the Father, the Word, and of course we know the Gospel of John, John 1, 1 tells us who the Word is, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And so uh, if I read that right, that means that in heaven, we're gonna be able to, at least in some way or another, we're gonna be able to experience not just Jesus, but we're gonna be able to experience God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about this subject just a little bit tonight about seeing the face of God. How about this? Number one, no man can see God in his glory and live. Now, we read that back in uh, uh, Exodus 33, and I know you've already turned away from there, but Exodus 33, verse number 20, I'll just remind you of the verse. The Bible says, and he said, as he's speaking to Moses, God said, and he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man, notice that now, for there shall no man see me and live. And so no man can see God in his glory and live. Now, someone says, preacher, why is that? Uh, that means that if, if we were to look on God, so Moses said, Lord, I wanna see you. And I wanna see you in your glory. And God said to Moses, Moses, I'm gonna put you in the cliff of the rock. And I'm not only gonna put you in the cliff of the rock, but I'm gonna cover you with my hand as I pass by. And he said, after I pass by, he said, I'll let you see my, my back parts. But he said, no man can see my face and live. Now, I guess the question would be, why is that, preacher? And I believe this is the reason, and Brother Mike's been alluding to this in our, in our Sunday school hour, but the reason is because God's main attribute is holiness. God is absolutely holy and will have nothing in his presence that is unclean or impure. And so there's no way that you and I in our in our humanness, uh, there's no way that we could see a holy God in his glory and live. Now, now think about this. So maybe this will uh, at least give you an illustration or a little bit of, of some perspective. Humanly speaking, there's no way. Someone says, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand not being able to look into God's glory. Think about this. Humanly speaking, 
There's no way to continuously look at the sun. In fact, I was reading up on that. It was, that was super interesting. Did you know the experts tell us that at 100 seconds, if you, if you look directly at the sun without closing your eyes, at 100 seconds, damage has already began. 100 seconds. Now, the reason for that is because the light of the sun and the heat of the sun is too great. And if you look directly into the sun, it begins to burn. It begins to, uh, begins to burn the corneas uh, in your eye. Now, again, you, you say, preacher, where's the perspective? Now, think about this. Here's what we need to understand. The sun, although the sun is incredibly great, the sun is a very, very insignificant light compared to the glory and the greatness of God. <laughs> And so, what is it, 90 million miles away? I think they said, you know, how do you, how do you, even, how do you even figure that? You know, 90 million miles away, and yet uh, you walk outside and you feel the heat on your cheek. I mean, how can that even be? And, and you know, that, I try, I figure that one out. Figure that out. How can something be 90 million miles away, and yet you can walk out, it provides Plenty of light that we need here on earth. It provides the heat that we need. And so the sun, somebody said one time, I think that you could, that you, if you opened up the sun and you threw 500 earths into the sun, you could shake it like a baby rattle. Figure that one out. Truth is, you can't figure that out. And neither can I. You know why? Because there is a God and he's on his throne. And, and God is an amazing God. But understand that the sun, as great as the sun is, that it is an insignificant light compared to the glory and greatness of God. In fact, let me tell you how great the glory, the glory of God is. It is so great that our Bible tells us that in heaven we will need no physical light. And the reason is because God's glory will enlighten all of heaven. Our Bible says in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 23, and the city had no need of the sun. Now, I've read that and uh, I've read uh, different uh, articles and different scholars and some believe that, uh, that there will be no sun or moon in heaven. Others believe there will be a sun and moon, uh, but they won't, uh, but uh, some believe the sun, uh, in, sun, the sun in heaven will be sort of like the moon. It will, you'll see it, but it won't really give its light. Uh, and like, like it does nowadays. And the reason for that is because the glory of God will be so great that it will enlighten heaven. Revelation 21, 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof. Revelation chapter 22, verse number five. And there shall be no night there and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So no man can see God in his glory and live. Everybody with me so far, amen? Aren't we glad we're learning the Bible tonight, amen? All right, how about this? Number two, how about this? Number two, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Take your Bibles and turn over to the Gospel of John. John chapter four tonight, and look at verse number 24. John four, verse 24. God is a spirit. Now, someone says, preacher, 
You said you believe that we're going we're gonna to see God, and if we're, if we're going to be able to see God and God is a spirit, I mean, how's that going to work out? Well, let's go ahead and get this established, first of all, that God is a spirit. The Bible's very clear about that. It tells us that. Uh, John chapter 4, verse number 24, the Bible says there, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, just so you can see some of these verses, I want you to turn over also to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. Colossians chapter number one. And look at verse number 15 tonight. Colossians chapter one and verse number 15. And this also proposes something sort of interesting to this subject that we're talking about tonight. God is a spirit. And the book of Colossians chapter one and verse number 15 tells us that God is also invisible. All right, let's look at it. Colossians 1, verse number 15. The Bible says, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Now, you don't have to turn there. I'll just turn over there for you. But 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, Paul the apostle said this, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible. The only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. So if that's the case, and it is, uh, that's definitely what the Bible teaches, that God is a spirit and God's invisible. And so if that's the case, then how are we going to see someone or something that's invisible? And so let me mention a couple of things to you here real quickly, quickly tonight. How about this? Number one, while in this present body, we see the invisible God by faith. All right, so take your Bibles. using our Bibles a lot tonight. Turn over the book of Hebrews tonight, if you will. Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11, and look, if you will, at verse number 23 tonight. Hebrews 11 and verse number 23. While in this present body, we see the invisible God by faith. Moses, the Bible says that Moses saw the invisible God. Well, you say, preacher, how did he, how did he see God if he's invisible? Well, look at verse number 23. Hebrews 11, verse 23, the Bible says, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. Now look at verse 27. The Bible says, by faith he, Moses, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Notice this, for he endured as seeing him who is what? Who is Invisible. And so Moses uh, did what he did, lived the life that he lived, and forsook the palace and forsook uh, Egypt and Pharaoh and living that luxurious lifestyle. And he suffered with the people of God and lived for God. And the Bible says in Moses, you say, Preacher, what motivated Moses to, to live that life? Because he saw God, the Bible says. Well, somebody says, Preacher, how did Moses see God if he's invisible? He saw God through the telescope of faith, of faith. And so while in this present body, we see the invisible God by faith. But number next is this. Number next, in heaven, we'll see the invisible God through fulfillment. Now, pastor, what do you mean? Well, take your Bibles and turn over to 1 John tonight, the book of 1 John. 
toward the very back of your Bible, right before you get to the book of Revelation. 1 John chapter number three. And look at verse number two with me tonight. 1 John chapter three, verse number two. We see God now through faith, but in heaven we'll see the invisible God through fulfillment. 1 John three, verse two, the Bible says, behold, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so God has promised uh, every one of us, if you're here tonight and you're a born-again child of God, God has promised you something. He has promised to give you a glorified body. Boy, isn't that a blessing? Aren't, aren't, aren't some of you, aren't you ready to trade it in for a new designer model? <laughs> some, of you, some of you hobble in every Sunday, you know, and you hobble out Sunday. And uh, some of you are members of the Four, Eye, uh, Four Eyes Club, you know, like I am. And, and uh, uh, you know, you can't see without them and you can't see with them. And, uh, and some of you have got arthritis and others have bursitis. And some of you have rheumatiz. And, and I mean, it's just, uh, it seems like there's one thing uh, after another. And you say, preacher, I can't, uh, it seems like I can't remember things like I used to remember. And I go into the room and I forgot why I went into the room. And uh, I mean, I'm, you know, and boy, isn't it a blessing to know that one of these days that we're going to trade this old body in for a brand new one. And so that's going to be fulfilled. God uh, is going to fulfill his promise to give us a glorified body. Now, again, I'm going to say something in this one I believe tonight, but I believe it's very, very possible in our glorified body that we will be able to see spiritual beings. And so somebody says, whoa, time out, preacher, hang on. If God is a spirit, and he is, the Bible's very clear about that. If God is invisible, and he is, then how are we ever going to see him? Well, I believe that in our glorified body that, that, that God is going to give us in his fulfillment uh, that we may be able to see spiritual beings. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 12. The Bible says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now, Paul said, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now, I, now we started with an amazing passage of scripture and I wanna take you to another one. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn over to your Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter number six tonight in your Bible. 2 Kings chapter number six. And I believe, in my opinion, this is one of the most amazing scriptures that you'll ever read. So can God make us where we actually see the spiritual realm? I believe so. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, 
The prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Now, what's going on? Well, the king of Syria laid an ambushment for the Israelites, the king of Israel and the Israelites, and when they would get down there to that ambushment, somehow it was like the Israelites, all, all, they were always a step ahead. They always knew what the king of Syria was planning. And so the king of Syria tried numerous times. He tried to ambush the Israelites and, and every time they would, would get, get all hid and ready to, to, to come down and, and boy, just wipe out the Israelites. Uh, the Israelites, it's like the Israelites already, already knew what was going on. And so the king of Syria is disgusted and he calls all of his servants together, his main men, his secret service, and he says, all right, guys, which one's a spy? Who, who's telling the king of Israel our plans. And boy, you can imagine they're all shaking in their boots. And one servant has the, the courage to speak up and he says, he says, King, he said, none of us are telling the king of Israel. We're all loyal. But there is a man of God over in Israel and he is telling the king of Israel what you're saying in your bedchamber. I mean, when nobody's around, somehow God is relaying to him what you're saying, and he's warning the king of Israel. Now, look at verse 13. And he said, this is the king of Syria, this is the bad guy, and he said, go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. In other words, I want you to go and I want you to bring this man of God to me. And it was told him, saying, behold, he, talking about Elijah, uh, or Elisha, behold, he's in Dothan, verse 14. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city by. Now, you've got to love this story, church. This is premium. And so, so the king of Syria sends a whole army down to Dothan because of one prophet. And they go down to Dothan and they literally surround the whole town of Dothan. So here's this great, uh, here's this great multitude of Syrians and they've surrounded the city. Verse 15, it gets better. Verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God, here's this little preacher boy that's serving Elisha. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and uh, he's fixing the coffee and he's putting the blinds up and, and uh, you know, he's getting breakfast ready and, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. Now, I'm just guessing that uh, they didn't have running water back then. And so this, uh, this uh, servant of the man of God gets up and he goes outside to the well and he's, you know, he's drawing water from the well and, 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 and he's just, you know, he's just wiping the sleep out of his eyes and he's just getting woke up himself and he walks out uh, outside and here's this incredible army and they're everywhere. Verse number 15, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and the host compassed this city, both of horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, said unto Elisha, alas, my master. You'll notice there's an exclamation point right there. In other words, he wasn't calm when he said this. Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we gonna do? Verse 16, and he, talking about Elisha, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. 
Man, doesn't this story make you want to shout? Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord, well, I got chills. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now, again, my point being this, that this young man was not able to see. He could not see into the spiritual realm. And somehow Elisha knew and Elisha prayed and said, God, open his spiritual eyes. And God lifted the veil. God removed the sky. And this young preacher boy was able to see uh, the spiritual realm and he was greatly encouraged. Now, uh, Calvary Baptist Church, I'm gonna tell you something. If your eyes could somehow be open tonight and you could see what's going on in this room beside you and me, you would be amazed. There's something very real. We've already had that discussion Sunday night. The service was, it was like the service, spiritually speaking, the service was on a launch pad. If you were here with Sunday night, you know what I'm talking about. The spirit was incredible Sunday night. People testifying, God was getting glory, but at the same time, boy, there was a spiritual force trying to fight. And uh, uh, the sound system was going crazy and guys were doing their best to fix it. Nobody knew what was going on. Uh, you know why? Because this thing is not just physical, it's spiritual. Yes, sir. That's good. And yet God enabled this young man to, to see a very spiritual realm. And so I believe this, I believe that yes, God is a spirit, but I believe that one of these days when uh, God fulfills his word and gives us a glorified body, I believe this, I believe that it may be, we may be very, very capable of seeing the spiritual realm and that may include God. How about this? Number three and last of all is this. God, I believe at least, God will be visible to the saints in heaven. At least in some type of manifestation. Now I'm not gonna tell you, I'm not gonna tell you what. But I believe according to the word of God, I believe that God is going to be visible to the saints in heaven. Now think about it. Throughout the course of biblical history, God allowed himself to be seen in some type of manifestation. Deuteronomy 31, you don't have to turn there. Deuteronomy 31, the Bible tells us that God made himself visible through the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory came down and and settled over the the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 24, verses 16 to 18. The Bible says that God made himself visible through the cloud over Mount Sinai. Y'all remember that? The Bible says that God came down and the cloud settled over the mount. And the Bible says that Moses went up into the mount. And somebody says, well, uh, preacher, this wasn't, This wasn't God in his glory. I don't know. You'll have to figure that one out for yourself. But I know this. When Moses came down, his face shined or shone or however you want to say that. His face glowed because he had been the glory. In fact, it was, it was so evident. The Bible says the people couldn't look on him and Moses had to veil his own face because he had evidently had some of that residue, <laughs> the residue of the, of the Shekinah glory. Somebody ought to preach a message on that, the residue of the Shekinah glory. 
You know, one of these days in heaven, I believe we're going to walk around with the residue of God all over us. Man, isn't that going to be awesome? And so there were different ways that God showed himself throughout the, uh, the Old Testament. And so I believe this. I believe that, that God in some way, I believe God's going to reveal himself to those saints in heaven. And I'll tell you something else I believe. I believe, I believe that we will see all of the Godhead. Now, there are men, there are men who I can't even polish their shoes. I'm not even worthy who differ with me on this. But I believe in heaven, I believe that we will see all of the Godhead. 1 John 5, 7 says this, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Can I remind us tonight that the Apostle John saw the glorified Christ in Revelation chapter one. You say, preacher, you've already mentioned that. You're right. He saw the glorified Christ in Revelation chapter one. But if you skip over several, uh, several chapters, he saw the glory of God in Revelation four. Can I remind us that Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, saw God and Jesus right before he died? Now, no man can see my glory and live, but don't forget Stephen didn't. He passed from this life to the next. Acts 7.55 says this, but he, Stephen, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God, comma, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And so I believe this, I just personally tonight, I believe that we will see, I believe we will see God in, in one way or another. I believe that we will see God when we get to heaven. I found this little story, I love it. A boy asked his father, dad, what's the size of God? How big is God? The father looked up the sky and he saw a little plane in the far distance and he asked his son, what's the size of the plane in the sky? And the boy replied, it's really, really small, Dad. I can hardly see it in the sky. Then the father said, son, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go on a little trip. He said, you come and get in my truck. And he said, we're going to take a little field trip to the airport. And he said, I want to show you something. The boy jumped in his father's truck and off they went to the airport. And as they, as they came to the airport and as they approached the plane, the father asked his son, now son, how big is this plane? The boy looked at the airplane and said, wow, dad, that plane is huge. It's, it, it's a lot bigger than the plane in the sky, isn't it? And then the father put his arm around his son and he said, son, God's size is like this plane. It's the same one you saw in the sky from a distance and it looks so small. God's size depends on how close you are to him. The closer you are, the bigger God looks. The closer you are, the bigger God looks. Hey, can I ask you something tonight, child of God? How big is God to you? If he's really, really, really small, that means you're really, really 
far away. Wow. Aren't we glad we came to God's house tonight? Now we're going to close tonight, but I'm going to tell you something else. I've seen God. You say, whoa, preacher, whoa, you're, you're going off. You're really going off on the deep end now. No, hang with me and don't shut me off. I've seen God. In fact, I'm going to tell you Sunday, Lord willing, how you can see. You say, well, I'd like to see the Lord. I'll tell you Sunday, Lord willing, I'll tell you how you can see him. But you got to come. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we are so thankful for Wednesday church. Lord, that's a good question for us to ask ourselves tonight. How big is God to us? Oh, Father, if you're really, really small tonight, I pray tonight, Lord, things are about to change. And Father, I pray that in 2022, that you'll give us a church full of people, including this preacher, who would say, Lord, I want to get as close to you as I can because I want you to be as big in my life as you can possibly be. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts tonight. Thank you for speaking to mine. Lord, I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. Lord, it could be there's somebody here tonight they don't even know you. They've never come to that place where they've allowed Christ to give them salvation. I pray tonight that would change. Father, work in our midst and have your way, please. And we thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our personal workers if they want to tiptoe down. Let's all stand tonight, if you would. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And ask our personal workers just to come and find a place up here around the front just for a moment. And if you need personal prayer, somebody will be up here for just a little bit to meet you with the Bible and pray with you. And if you're here tonight and you're not saved, great. Dave, whatever you do, don't you leave this place tonight, okay? Don't you leave tonight without knowing. And so there's some fellows up here with a Bible. And if you're here and you, you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that I'm saved, I want you to come and find one of these guys that have a Bible in their hand and we want to share the gospel with you tonight and how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. And so if you have a need, the altars are open. And then we're going to do this tonight as we close the service. We're just going to invite our Calvary family, any of our Calvary family who would like to, just to slip out tonight and just for a moment just gather around the altar. And we're just going to pray tonight. We're just going to pray and ask God to meet with us at Calvary and uh, protect us and uh, help us to honor him this year and to lift him up and to have souls saved. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want to just slip out right now and just find your way to an old-fashioned altar, and if you can't kneel, you can come and stand and just come down here a moment and just, just take a moment and just breathe a prayer to the Lord. And I'm going to do the same. I'm going to kneel up here. And we're just going to pray that God would help us. Some of the ladies are praying around Miss Tammy tonight. And, and we're just going to come tonight. We're just going to pray. And so we'll pause for, with a little, little bit of quietness tonight. And if you want to come, you come tonight.
Hey, we're gonna sing this uh, little chorus. Can you guys take us to that chorus? And I thought this would be fitting to sing tonight after what we've uh, heard this evening. And uh, most of you know this, you probably don't even need screen for it. But before we leave tonight, let's sing it through a time or two and then you're gonna be dismissed to go home. Time's early, we're not late tonight. Amen. Let's do it, ready, here we go. All right, Calvary, let's sing it. Ready? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory let's do it one more time sing it church here we go turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely of his glory and grace. How many believe we got a big God tonight? Amen. <laughs> man, I like leaving a service like this when you leave saying, man, what a God. What a God. And I believe we can all leave saying that this evening. If you're here tonight, by the way, I totally, I totally went by the live stream crowd tonight. And if you're watching tonight, we're so glad to have you watching. And there's a number on your screen, 704-327-5662. And we have some folks that are watching or that are standing by the phone right now. And if you have a need, please call us. We'd love to help you and minister to you right now. Live stream crowd, thank you for watching. And some of our Calvary folk are watching tonight. And it's so good to have you watching tonight. Thank you for being in the Lord's house. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. I hope you have a great week this week. And we'll look forward to seeing you back. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back this coming Lord's Day. By the way, I meant to say this too. Uh, I, I want to say thank you to, we have several fellas that have been coming long before you get here. We've got several folks, been, uh, fellas have been coming and they have been um, sanitizing the whole campus before you get here just to make sure things are clean and healthy and all of that. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that great? And so you know who you are, you folks that have been coming and doing that. And we, we want to say thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you coming and being a blessing and doing that for us tonight. All hearts free? All right, Brother Rodney, come on up here. I want you to pray for us tonight, if you will. Listen, be safe going home, and we'll look forward to seeing you Sunday. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your many blessings to God. We are so undeserving of all the blessings that you bestow upon us. And dear God, thank you for being so big. Thank you for being so big in my life. And dear God, I pray that you would keep me snuggled up tight to you, dear God. I don't want to get anywhere far away from you. I pray, dear God, that we would take the words brought to us by the pastor tonight, help us apply them to our life, so we can go out and be better Christians for thee. Be with those who were unable to be with us tonight. Dear God, I pray you bless them in a special way. Be with our missionaries, dear God. I pray you bless them in a special way. Give them souls for the labor. Keep a hedge 
uh, protection about them. I pray for our pastor, Miss Tammy. Dear God, I pray that you would keep a big hedge of protection about them, dear God. Be with those who are less fortunate, that are less fortunate tonight, dear God. I pray you be with our service men and service women scattered abroad. I pray you bless them in a special way. Be with this church, dear God. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Forgive us where we fail thee in these blessings we ask. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We consider it an honor to serve you. And our prayer is that the service was a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you were impacted today by the preaching of God's word, we encourage you to respond. If we can pray with you, or if you would like to make a decision today for Christ, please call us here at 704-327-5662. We have people waiting right now on the lines prepared to help you. Again, thank you for joining us today, and we hope to welcome you again soon. Have a wonderful week.